This audio is brought to you by Muslim Central. Please consider donating to help cover our running costs and future projects by visiting www.muslimcentral.com forward slash donate. A'udhu billahi minash shaytanir rajeem Bismillahirrahmanirrahim Allahu la ilaha illa huwa al-hayyul qayyum la ta'khudhuhu sinatun wa la nawm lahu ma fis samawati wa ma fil ard man dhalladhi yashfa'u 'indahu illa bi'idhnih يعلم ما بين أيديهم وما خلفهم ولا يحيطون بشيء من علمه إلا بما شاء وسع كرسيه السماوات والأرض ولا يؤده حفظهما وهو العلي Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim, alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen, wa salatu wa salamu ala ashrafil anbiya'i wal mursaleen, nabiyyina Muhammadin wa ala alihi wa ashabihi wa attabi'ina wa man tabi'ahum bi ihsanin ila yawmiddini wa ba'd. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless every single one of us, indeed all praise is due to him who created us, who provides for us, who is in absolute control of every aspect of existence. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's blessings and salutations be upon Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, his family, his household, and may Allah bless all his companions and our offspring to come up to the day of judgment. My brothers and sisters, this evening, quite a warm day, mashallah, I see a few insects as well, subhanallah, I hope that we uh, are not massaged by the mosquitoes that are uh, around, but at the same time, we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to grant us Goodness, the mere fact that we have come over to listen to a few words, and this evening we'll try to be quite short and brief, inshallah. Uh, that itself is calling upon the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I spoke to one of the elders of our own community this, uh, this evening, and he was telling me how he, is, uh, he has started the adult lessons. And I said to him, you know, the mere fact that we are trying to learn the mere fact that we are trying to learn how to read the Qur'an or to understand it, just the fact that we are trying is already the mercy of Allah that descends upon us, that makes us want to do this. Because it is not an ordinary heart that just wants to go ahead and do things. It is a heart that is loved by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and that has in it the love of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that suddenly feels the need within to develop that link with Allah. So good news to you, my, my brothers and sisters. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless us. And then what happens, normally when the youngsters try to memorize the Qur'an, and you know the parents are excited, I want my child to be a hafid, and I want this person to be a hafid, and the child says, I want to be a hafid. MashaAllah, that enthusiasm is definitely so encouraging at the beginning. But what happens sometimes is as they start, shaitan comes to them because... The ustad or the sheikh says, you know what, you don't know your work, go back and learn. You don't know your work, go back and learn. Hey, you don't know your work, go back and learn. Subhanallah. And then they get despondent and they go back and they start thinking this is tough. Shaitan comes to them and makes them believe or makes them feel for a moment 
that I can't do this. No, not at all. But not realizing the perseverance is what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has definitely rewarded greatly. The best of deeds, that which is regular, even if it is very little. Do it regularly. Don't let the devil stop you from doing your deed. Even if it is a small deed, do it every day. Do it regularly. And you find your achievement will be great and grand. I give you an example. There was an uncle who told me in our community that a few years ago he started one page of the Quran a day before he leaves home in the morning. So he gets up, he reads Salatul Fajr, he comes back, has his tea, and he says, I read one page of the Quran. Uh, and then I get dressed, I get ready, whatever he has, his bath or whatever else it is. I don't know the exact order, but then he leaves for work. And he says, I remember you saying this hadith of the Prophet ﷺ that the best of deeds are those which are regular, even if it is small. And he says, I just want to give you good news. I've completed the whole recitation of the Quran and I've started again. Amazing. So it was just a page a day. A page a day. It took him two years. He says, it just took me two years. And he completed it. He says, a year later, nowadays, my brothers and sisters, would you agree with me that time is flying? It's flying faster than what it did when we were a little bit younger. Subhanallah. And before you know it, the year is up. Do you know that sometimes I have to actually think when I'm writing the date. Before I write 2013, I've got to think for a moment, hang on, we in 14. I don't know if it happens to you. Especially the Islamic date. 2034. And I say, no, 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 hang on. We're already in 35. Subhanallah. Moments ago, we were in 1395. That was 1975. Subhanallah. Now we're already 1435. Do your calculation. You'll get to 40. Subhanallah. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala strengthen us. So... The uncle tells me I completed it and I've started it again and I've got so much joy. He says, now that I'm reading it again, it feels like I'm learning new things, new points. I said, do you know why that happens? Because you get onto a new level. When you read the Quran, every time you read the verses, you know, the points that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is making will dawn upon you. And the verses become more and more convincing, although they are obviously they are absolute truth. But they become more convincing to the mind and to the heart to say, let me understand, put into practice and let me deliver it to someone else. And this is why we say, my brothers and sisters, good news to you. If in your heart you have even a small feeling of learning a droplet a day, you will know absolutely everything. You know, uh, there was a certain uncle as well in our, our community who told me, I'm finding it very difficult to learn the Arabic letters. So I gave him a little idea. I told him, look, for one month, every single day, Sundays and weekends included, learn one letter a day, just one letter. And keep on repeating it all day from morning to evening. Write it down, keep a book, and every little while, write the letter down and say it, repeat it. And the next day, do another letter and go back to the first and the second. And the third day, do the third letter and then write the first, second and third. And the fourth day, write the fourth letter and then write the first, second, third and fourth. So you're doing revision of the past and you're learning one letter a day. He came back a month later and he recited all the letters and he said, I can even write them down. Why am I saying this? Because it's a small deed, a letter a day, one letter a day. And in a month, you know all of it. Sometimes we have, 
you know, we go to madrasa or the children go to madrasa for two, three months on end, sometimes a year on end, and they don't even know those letters of the Arabic language. Had they learned one a day, it would have been enough. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make it easy for us all. Also, what's important, my brothers and sisters, mashallah, now that we've started the adult lessons, alhamdulillah, what is of utmost importance is don't ever think that now I know it perfectly. All of us, myself included, there is room for improvement. The way we recite, the way we pronounce, the way we say things, whether it's in the Arabic language, the English language, whether it's our character conduct, the way we come across to people, beautiful improvement every single day. People will tell you things. Some people might just swipe at you, but others give you good news. You know, they give you relevant information. They tell you things that will help you. May Allah bless us and make us such that we can tell people that which will benefit them. And may we be people who don't feel bad when others correct us uh, in whatever way they are correcting us. Amin. Brothers and sisters, I want to share with you three stories this evening. Three stories. I want to start off with something that I was sent a clip on WhatsApp a few weeks ago, about two weeks ago. And what it showed... It showed an old man, or not very old, but he was weather-beaten. His face was weather-beaten, dark, Sudanese. And he had that typical Sudanese turban, but a colored one. Normally the Sudanese turbans are white. He had a colored one. And he was in the desert, the heat of the desert in Saudi Arabia. And some people decided whether they decided to test him or whether they actually wanted uh, to, you know whether they were being real or just testing him, that only Allah knows. But he was a shepherd, this man. And he had quite a lot of sheep in the middle of the heat, the desert. And he was looking after the sheep. So two lads happened to come there. They turned on their camera. And this is doing its rounds now all on the internet and everywhere. You know, you can find this clip. And they happened to focus on him as they stopped their vehicle. They greeted him and the old man stops and he, they, he greeted back. Like I said, he's weather beaten rather than saying old. You know, weather beaten meaning the sun and the intense weather has had an effect on him. But he was quite thin and so on. And they looked at him and they said, you've got all these sheep. Uh, he says, yes, uh, they're not uh, mine. But these people told him, you know what, uh, we just want one. We just want one. From all of these sheep you got in the middle of the heat here, desert, we just want one. We're looking for one sheep. He says, well, I can't give you because they're not mine. I cannot give you. They're not mine. He says, well, you can. Come on. Can't you just give us one? You know, he says, no, I can't because the, I'm not the owner. So what if we pay you for it? And he looked at them and uh, he said, no, I can't. Even if you paid me. You know, because obviously he says, I have a grave to go to and to answer. Because they told him, just tell your boss it was lost. He said, what? Lost? Are you crazy? Will I go to my grave and say it was lost in my grave? Is that a good enough excuse? There's nothing like it was lost in my grave. Because the truth is definitely clear to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If I go to my grave, I'm worried about my grave. He says, there's going to be accounting there. And that accounting there is very serious. This young, this a shepherd from nowhere in the middle of the heat of the desert looking after so many sheep and two of these guys driving a beautiful GMC vehicle stop and they're telling him and he's giving them a lecture. What was stopping him from giving them a, she a sheep? One of them. And he gave them such a big lecture. He said, what? You're not worried about the grave. I'm going to go in my grave. When I go in the grave, what? So they said, no, come on, you can give it to us. Come on, you can just sell it to us. He says, look, you see the sky and the earth. They, they'll have to get together before I give you this thing. 
Now that, that's that, like a, a saying which says, it's impossible for me to give it to you. Impossible. Do what you want. I'm not going to give this to you. So they asked him, what do you mean? And he said that impossible. I Just like the sky and the, the, the earth, they don't meet the same way. This thing is not going to happen. Then they, they offered him 200,000 riyals. Now, just in US dollar terms, perhaps if someone would like to put, uh, you know, a little bit of it, it's about 55,000, perhaps 60,000, maybe a bit more. I don't know. Calculate it at the rate of 375. I think about 55 because 50,000 would be 187 if my calculation is right, 187.5. So let's say beyond 50,000 US. For what? One sheep. He said, even if you give me 200,000, nothing. Then when they told him again that, well, you know what? Who's watching you? There's nothing. No one's seeing you. He said, what? And he got upset. You can actually see in the clip, the man got a bit upset. He says, Allah is watching me. Don't you know who is Allah? He says, well, it's, they said, yes. He said, well, then it's over. And they stopped the clip there and everything. And then they put it up on YouTube to say, wow, honest man. Honest man. Well done. He was an honest Sudanese man in the middle of the desert. Now comes the moral. Firstly, look at how honest the man is. Wallahi, if you watch him, he was just an ordinary person in the desert. What did he own? You know, they say his salary was just about 200 US a month. And he's being offered 200,000 riyals for a little sheep. You know, someone would have said, ah, come on, just one. I'll just say, you know what? Uh, this sheep was perhaps stolen. I'll, I'll, I'll recompense you for it and pay him perhaps whatever the price was for one sheep. And take the rest of the 200,000, retire from your job, go back to your country and set. That's what a lot of people would do. And you know, clandestine business dealings, people are very quick to jump into them in order to make a buck. But I tell you what, what Allah had in mind, what, meaning what Allah had in plan. So here comes a certain person, from what the information I got, it was actually an anonymous philanthropist, a female, you know, who saw the clip. Wallahi, when I saw the clip two weeks ago, it actually brought a tear to my eyes. And a lot of people I sent that clip to, they actually, it was hair-raising. You see this man in the middle of the desert talking to these guys and telling them there's no chance in a million that I'm going to sell you this thing. Not at all. You know, so some of us would say, okay, let me make a plan. Let me phone the guy. Let me see this. No story. And it was over. Especially when they told him to cheat and do it. He did not want to hear a thing about these people again. Finished. I don't want to listen. And nobody besides Allah was watching. So there was a certain woman who saw the clip and she decided, you know what, let's get hold of the Sudanese embassy. Let's get hold of whoever else and let's find this man, hunt him down. It took them two weeks. They hunted the man down. Somebody who saw the clip on the net hunted the man down and called him to the Sudanese embassy and gave him 200,000 riyals as a gift. And said, you know what? This is your honesty. You've taught the Muslims of the whole world a lesson. And this man, as simple as he was, sitting, just saying, it's Allah. It was written for him 200,000. He could have got it via crook or via an honest way. What happened? He got it through honesty. He turned down haram, so Allah opened the door of halal. That's the lesson. And the reason why I dedicate this evening for honesty is because this has moved me so much that I had to watch the clip 10 times. And every time I see the man's face and I think, Ya Allah, these are your saints hidden somewhere, you know, somewhere, wherever they are. If the man has so much God consciousness that he didn't give a sheep, do you think he, ha he has the ability to miss a salah knowingly? 
When he knows that that's Allah watching me. What else do you think? Do you think he would commit adultery knowing that Allah is watching me? I mean, how can I hide? If, if he knows, he cannot hide from Allah. That's all. And this is why every time Allah says, Ya ayyuhalladheena amanuttaqullah. Oh, you who believe, be conscious of Allah. If you're conscious of Allah, everything else falls in place. This is why the word ittaqullah, ittaqullah repeats itself. People translate it as fear Allah, be conscious of Allah. However you want to translate it, but develop your taqwa. And taqwa comes hand in hand with tawakkul. Or without tawakkul, you won't have taqwa. Because tawakkul means to lay your trust in Allah. A person struggling in life. This man working in the desert. Now there's a whole write-up on the man. Who is he? How he left his family? How he's been working in the desert? How he sends a hundred US equivalent a month to his family. That means 300 riyals, 375, 100 US. And he's working as a person who is a, 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 a shepherd with sheep in the middle of the desert, looking after them, ensuring that they are okay, they have water, walking out with them, coming back, and so on. And Allah had a plan that this man must go because of his honesty, because of his closeness to us. But hang on, the test was, how long are you going to work like this for and not complain to Allah? Let every soul know that it shall not die until every droplet of sustenance written for it gets to it. Allah will give it to you, but it just depends. Your choice may either bring you through haram or through halal. What that means is your deeds, the way you want to act, you're responsible for it. So this man, subhanallah, he got through and inshallah, if I get any more information, I'll probably hand it over to you. We just want to authenticate a few things before we say them. So that's the reason why I'm just holding a little bit back on giving you finer details. But this man, subhanallah, the minimum we do know is that he definitely got 200,000 riyals and he was honored because he taught the Muslims of the globe a lesson. Allahu Akbar. And I have a feeling that Allah has something bigger planned for this man. And may Allah grant us all even a droplet of that taqwa and that consciousness. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us true to him firstly. Amen. Now I give you another story. It's reported that at the time of Ali ibn Abi Talib radiallahu anhu, he was once in the market and he saw a certain man. And that man happened to be like a person, you know, today when you park your car and someone says, can I look after your car? You know, here in these streets of Africa, we know what we're talking about. And then uh, he expects a dollar when you come back. You give him a dollar and you walk away. That's what happens in Zimbabwe, mashallah. So as you park your car in town, if you don't want it to be scratched or dented or anything else or clamped or whatever, you, there's these guys, uh, you know, lounging around, youngsters, and you look at them, you normally, I ask them, what's your name? You know, just so let them feel good, human being. How are you? What's happening? Do you go to school? No. Oh, what are you doing? You know, and so on. A few questions so they feel that little link. They're human as well, you know. And then you come back and you give them a dollar and you drive away. So Ali ibn Abi Talib radiallahu anhu had his horse and he went in uh, to the marketplace and he jumped off his horse and he was going in. And uh, the one uh, man offered to look after the horse and he says, okay, fine. Uh, so Ali ibn Abi Talib radiallahu anhu went and he took a long time. He took quite a bit of a while going through whatever he was going through. So this man was getting impatient. He was getting impatient and he thought to himself, look, whoever this man is, he's going to come back and give me something anyway. But because he's taking so long, let me take this, the reins of this uh, horse and I'll go and sell it and take the money and carry on. So he took the reins of the horse and he went, he sold it for 
10 dirhams, I think that was the figure, don't quote me on the figure itself, but 10 dirhams as far as I, I read, uh, he sold it for X amount, right? And I think it was 10 dirhams, in fact, um, yeah, it was most probably. And then he went away. So when Ali ibn Abi Talib anhu came back, he saw that hey, this man is gone and this rains, the rains are gone. And he was just planning just before that, that I'll give this man 10 dirhams. You know, he waited for such a long time. I'll give him 10 dirhams. That's a large amount. And he's planning, I'll just give that to him, no problem, you know. So to cut a long story short, he was quite upset that, you know, shame. He would have got it anyway. But he chose the haram way to get it. You see, the man was going to get the 10 either way. But he chose the wrong way to do it. So here comes Ali ibn Abi Talib at this shop which was selling, you know, reins and so on. His own pay, he found it there. And he asked the man, that you know what, I'd like to buy this. He said, yes, I'm selling it for 15. And you know what, there was just a man right now who came, I gave him 10 for it. Look at that. Did you hear the story? So the moral of it is, compare that to what we spoke about first, to the first story. And you see Allah's plan. The sustenance of 10 was written. But how he got it, he's now responsible. Allahu Akbar. So be patient. You, you need to be patient. You need to have the patience. And that's when things come. Be patient. Allah knows why he has kept you and me exactly how he has. He knows it. And he, he has not made a mistake. Nor has he forgotten us. Some people have actually told me that, you know, I'm, I'm so sick that I think Allah's forgotten me. Na'udhu billah. Where's your tawakkul? Where's your trust in Allah? You know, life is so short. Allah has not forgotten the soul. Allah knows what He wants. Persevere, carry on one year, five years, ten years. Don't worry, the doors will open. Subhanallah. I mean, I can give you another silly example. Uh, two boys in Europe created a little application. And they sat down and they were, <clears throat> you know, thinking, let's try and uh, see what, how best we can market this thing. And it caught, suddenly it caught. The whole world uses that app. You know what it's called? WhatsApp. Whole world. And these little boys suddenly, here come a rich man known as Zuckerberg. And he pays them $19 billion today to buy out WhatsApp. Imagine four years, five years. If they've worked on it properly, perhaps let's say 10 years. 10 years of whatever. And all of us, we use WhatsApp, don't we? And every time they say, right, we're going to start charging you. After a year, we'll charge you. So then they say, we'll charge you this. We'll charge some people using iPhone have paid 99 cents and so on. Big deal. 450 million users a month. Whoa, whoa. What happened? Today, struck the deal. 19 billion. In how long? A few years. Anyway, let's not talk about those figures because we will go berserk, you know. At the same token, let's tell you a third story. A story that I read as well today. Someone sent it to me and uh, I, I just confirmed it. So, a lady known as Um Ja'far, she existed in the Abbasi time. And what happened is, she was known as Zubayda. And uh, this woman... She was known as a very, very generous person. So two blind people who knew that this woman is very generous, they went onto her street. See, they went onto her street and they sat near her place. And there they used to say loudly, you know, one used to say, Oh Allah, I ask you from your virtue. And the other one used to say, I ask you from the virtue of Umm Ja'far. So what Umm Ja'far used to do, the one who used to ask from the virtue of Allah, he, she used to give him, 
you know, the figures, I'm, I'm actually, I read so many things today that I'm just a little bit tangled with the figures. But she used to give him two dirhams, two dirhams, like this, in cash. And the other one, she used to give him a roasted chicken every day with 10 dinars in its, you know, packed inside it. Who was the other one? The one who used to ask in her name. And the one who used to ask in Allah's name, she used to give him just two dirhams. Now dirham and dinar, the difference is the dinar is a gold coin and the dirham is a silver coin. So the dirham has far less value than the dinar. A dinar is much more valuable than a dirham. Remember this. Uh, this is how I always remember that the Kuwaiti currency is stronger because it's a Kuwaiti dinar. And when you go to UAE, it's a dirham. So it's much weaker. And it's just a joke, meaning it's just a lighter way of remembering it. So here you have uh, the one who's asking in the name of Allah is getting less. The one who's asking in the name of this woman is getting more. What was happening on the ground? She did this for 10 days. 10 days. As this man gets the whole roast chicken, he tells his friend, would you like to buy it? The friend says, how much? He says, the two that you have. So every day, he would pay the two and he would have the chicken. So 10 days later, this Ummu Ja'far comes to, to him and says, have you not become wealthy through our virtue? He says, what? Haven't you been receiving the 10 dinars daily? So he says, no. I've been getting a roasted chicken. Which I've been selling for two dirhams to, the, to this man. So she said, subhanallah. The one who asked the virtue of Allah, Allah gave him. And the one who asked my name, Allah blocked him. Look at this. Are you following the whole story? These are three stories I've mentioned for you this evening. They all show us one thing, that sustenance is in the hands of Allah. Imagine. Where on earth did this man know that the dinars are stuffed into this little chicken and he was busy selling the chicken every day because of his greed. Oh, well, I don't want to say his greed, but whatever it was that made him sell it. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless us. Keep on asking Allah. Keep on making dua to Allah. No problem is too big for Allah to solve and resolve. And if Allah has kept you in the problem, that's exactly where He wants you. Remember that. If Allah has kept you in a situation that you consider a mess, for Allah it's not a mess. He wants you there for a reason. He wants you to cry. He wants you to call out to Him. He wants you to make dua to Him. He wants you to read all your salah. He wants you to get up early morning. He wants you to call out to Him because that's the, the closest relation you've ever had with Allah was when you had problems. So Allah says the best thing for this person, just keep them in that condition. However, through His mercy, He still opens the doors. And this is why we say, what are the doors that open? When you find yourself drawing closer and closer to Allah, you must know your past means nothing to Allah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the supreme being who deletes your past. All the others might raise your past. You know, we've got cases where people get married. Two, three years later, husband finds out or wife finds out, hey, this guy was naughty when he was younger and I didn't know about it. Or this girl was naughty when she was younger. The reality is, that is man. Man doesn't forgive Yet that person could be more pious today than all the young girls that are purporting to be pious. Yet she had a past that was horrible and terrible. If Allah had to judge us through our past, we were all dead. 
This is why we say that sometimes the best spouse is the one who's been through the mill and been through everything, come out with warm tears, crying to Allah. And ah, when they've married you, they've been as straight as a pin. They don't miss their salah, dressed appropriately, completely, totally faithful to you. One day you find out what occurred 50 years before and you become upset. It's the weakness of Iman. And it's the weakness of a human being. You judge a person, meaning you judge your spouse based on how they are fulfilling your rights and you are fulfilling theirs. Not based on something that might have occurred years back. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgive us all. And this is why I've known, and I'm sure you know, those marriages that have been through turbulence and come out of it are far stronger than those that have never seen the turbulence. Believe me, when the husband and wife had had, have had a real life issue where they've forgiven each other genuinely with, with warm tears and they've embraced and they've come out of a problem that people were probably waiting for them to split from. If they've come out from it, they would probably then be stronger in bond than ever before. And stronger than those who've never seen such problems. This is the plan of Allah. This is why I am saying persevere, be strong, be steadfast, bear sabr. Remember life is very short. Remember subhanallah, you might see faults and flaws in your spouses. But at the same time, Allah has a better and bigger plan. You know, I normally have this policy. Whatever we've learned about what is in paradise, alhamdulillah, we'll know it. But don't worry too much about what you're going to get in paradise. Worry about getting to paradise, not what you're going to get when you get there. Because sometimes in our quest to want to know what is going to be in paradise, we miss the boat. We miss it completely. It's like someone telling you, you know, you've got to catch a flight. They tell you, okay, you're flying first class. What am I getting in first class? If they're not giving me that little... Jumeirah punch that they call it, I'm not going. Jumeirah punch, what's that? I can do that for you at home. It's a mixture of Sprite, carrot juice, and perhaps a bit of orange. And I can add apple. And I can actually make it better than that because I'll add a little bit of mint as well. Well, they do sometimes. Some of you might know exactly what I'm talking about. That's what it is. So you say, if they don't have it, I'm not flying. I don't want well, you missed the, the plane. That's it. You, you, you worried about a little drink. They probably have something better than that for you. You know? So with us, people are telling you you're flying first class. It's a free ticket. Many meaning basically you're being offered this first class. And then you're busy saying, well, if it's Etihad, I'm not going. What are you talking about? How do you know? What? We're giving you the best ticket possible. You worried about what you're going to get there and what's happening? No. People today actually come and ask questions look it's not wrong to ask but sometimes when we get bogged down in things then we lose the boat we miss the train so to speak you know am i going to be with the same guy in paradise and they scrunch their face so you know that hey a problem am i going to be with the same woman in paradise and when the face is scrunched there's a big problem so then you try to tell them hey, hang on hang on you know what she will look how you want and she says what about him allahu akbar what about him and then you've got to tell them, look, the Quran tells you clearly, you get what you want. So what will you want? Well, this is what I want. Not what you want now. 
what you want when you get there. So get there and then start wanting. Don't want from now. For now, start working. And this is something that a lot of the women feel that you know, the Quran only speaks about what the males are going to get in paradise. What about the females? And I say, wow, the females have got much more than the males because Allah makes it loud and clear. You get whatever you desire and wish for and think about and want and subhanallah, it's yours and it will be yours. So then they start saying, Yes, I'm going to want this and I'm going to want that and I don't want this and I don't want that. I don't want to say who they don't want or what they don't want. But then you go to explain to them, hang on, you're not allowed to think with this brain. That's the catch. You have to wait to get there and get the perfect brain. Then you can think. When you're there and then you decide. Like someone says, what if I want to see my cat in paradise? Wallahi, I've had it. What if I can't get over the death of my cat? He said, how long, when did it die? Say two years back. What? You can't get over the death of your cat? Will I see? I just want to know one thing. I'm ready to read all my salah, to dress properly, everything. But will I see my cat in paradise? Wallahi, I'm telling you real life questions that we get. Will I see my cat in paradise? And I'm busy thinking to myself, you know what? You'll get whatever you want. So if you think of the cat, you'll see. Then comes another alim and he says, there won't be cats in paradise. And I'm busy saying, hang on, let them think in paradise. Don't say there won't be cats or there will be cats. Say, if you happen to think of a cat when you're there, it will be there. But I cannot guarantee you and you cannot guarantee yourself that you're going to think of it when you're there. If anything, we might tell you, perhaps you won't think of it when you're there. That's what it is. So someone says, what about my neighbor? So nice people. Will I see them? They say, but hang on, get there first. So this is the type of mentality we have. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless us. How is this connected to what I was saying earlier? Jumping the gun. That's how it's connected. We want things fast. You know, there's 200,000 here. We need to make it. Ah, never mind. Who's watching? No one. Right, let's go. Send it. Don't worry. Ah, interest. It's fine. So you ate it through interest. Had you not, perhaps in three years from that moment, you would have had the same amount, but through halal sustenance. And maybe Allah would have kept it in a better way. And this is why I want to tell you something. And, and, and this is, you can go and search the net and check. They say those who've won lotteries, and they've won millions and billions. Well, millions, billions in terms of Zimbabwe dollars, but millions. If you take a careful look and you go and study on the net, a lot of them, if not almost all of them, are bankrupt. They've broken homes, broken families. We, in our language, drunkies. And at the same time, they've lost everything, gambling and doing this and doing that. Very, very few have been otherwise. Very few. Why? What's the catch? Quick money. In the wrong way. They all went, you know. I, I, I've spoken to people outside one of the shops here. And I seen a long line. I thought, hey, is there shortage again? No shortage. What are you doing? Lotto. What is the lotto? Lotto. Ah, just a dollar. Ah, just a dollar. And I'm looking and I'm seeing, hey, these people must have made thousands, hundreds of thousands. Imagine just a dollar. That word just a dollar is shocking. It's not just a dollar. A dollar is a large amount of money. Like we tell people, you know, sorry for getting back at the smokers, but we have to. Like we tell people, that cigarette, that box, you say, ah, you know what, it's only $3, $5. But you know what, it adds up. Count the days, count the weeks, count the years, count everything, meaning the months and the years, and you'll come up with 20000 30000 Subhanallah, it's such a large amount of money. But because it was going from you in small doses, you never felt it. Now that it's a big amount, you sit back and you think, hey, I shouldn't have done this. Too late. Allahu Akbar. That, that lotto. 
And this is why I say go back and check the people who've got this type of money. They have not succeeded. But still, Shaitan comes to the brain. And he makes the brain feel for a moment that, you know what, just take that chance. You might win it. Even if you did win it, you would have got the same amount through a different means. You know, I had a friend of mine, a cardiologist, and he told me, he said, Subhanallah, you know, there was a man who died of a car accident, meaning he died from after a car accident or upon the car making an accident, or he made the accident, whatever it was, car crash. And when they brought him in and something, for some reason, they did a post-mortem on the man, for some reason. And they found that his heart was clogged and blocked in a way that had he not died with that accident, he'd have died of the heart attack. So he tells me, you know, as a Muslim, I was just thinking to myself when I saw all this, that you know, subhanallah, how it would have met any either way. So he would have either died this way, and if he didn't, plan B was already in place. But anyway, for Allah, everything was already supposed to happen the way it happened. But so just for us to be thinking, to say, look, the man would have either died this way or that way, whichever way it was. And this is why we say, never jump the gun. Wait, things are coming for you. Keep on praying, keep on being steadfast and ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's goodness. I promise that this session would be shorter. So inshallah, 36 minutes and we're up. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to bless us and to grant us beautiful lessons. Um, Perhaps maybe next week we might even show that little clip on the board if, if we can. Or we'll, we'll pass it around, uh, inshallah, through uh, the, the media that we have at our disposal in our community. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to bless us all, uh, to protect our children and our offspring, to grant us all taqwa and piety, uh, and to grant us all jannah. And inshallah, when we get to jannah, by the will of Allah, may He gather us. Uh, in the same way that he has gathered us here uh, in the dunya for his sake, may he gather us in paradise as well. Wa sallallahu wa sallam wa baraka ala nabina Muhammad. Subhanallah bihamdihi, subhanakallahumma bihamdik. Ashhadu an la ilaha illa anta nastaghfiruka wa natubu ilayk.